Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Locked On Seminoles, brought to you by Lululemon T-shirts, the Locked On Network, and Drake being alive after a uh, after quite the week. It's great to be back with uh, someone other than myself, Drizzy. Hope you're doing well, man. Um, and it's great to see all of you. I know it is the doldrums of the offseason. We're watching all these other teams go bowling, and we are not bowling. We are basically the kid who's Mom didn't sign his permission slip before the field trip, and it sucks. So, yeah, it's it's been a lot of fun this week. It really has. And if you're listening to this, you are clearly one of the diehard Seminole fans out there. Just like us, we are two NOL alums, FSU fans, all that good stuff that come to y'all five days a week. Today, we are talking about the new transfer, Mr. Greedy, Greedy, Greedy Vance. I love that name. I love too that it's like in statistical like websites as just greedy. Not quote. Anyway, talking about the transfer from Louisville, uh, Greedy Vance. We're also going to go back and look a little bit at what I did yesterday and sort of project where we think this staff would end up next year statistically if they improve at the same rate that they improved from 2020 to 2021. And then I'll just ask you all the open-ended question of, if we end next year and we have the statistics that I'm going to project for next year, how many wins do you need to give this staff the green light to come back in 2023? And since y'all can't answer, although if you're on YouTube, hit me with a comment down below and let me know how many wins you need to see next year. Drake and I will answer it for you. So let's get into it. Locked On Seminoles, your daily podcast on the Florida State Seminoles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, folks, welcome back again. If you are on the podcast, make sure that you are following us in whatever app you choose. So we pop to the top of your queue every single day, Monday through Friday. If you're on YouTube, Make sure you subscribe, smash that bell up in the corner so you get notified when we go live and do fun special events like that. And make sure you guys like this individual video and leave us a comment. I like responding. Uh, I want to know what y'all are thinking about Florida State. And by the way, if, uh, if you're on YouTube and you haven't found the podcast yet, go to the podcast app and go ahead and follow it. That way, when you're on the go, you can get the pod. But whatever you do, thanks for making us your first listen every single day. But Drizzy... Buddy, it's been too long, man. It's been like a week and a half. How have you been, man? How are you? I need a face. I need, thank you, my beautiful, see your beautiful ass face here right now. I need a vacation for my vacation. I went straight from Cam's wedding. Shout out Cameron Katz and now Catherine Katz. Congratulations to both of you. We were at their their wedding. I immediately drove to Orlando, had a flight over to Cleveland. I came back on on Friday night, drove to Orlando to have Christmas with my brother, and now I'm back home. So I legitimately do need a vacation for my vacation, but... I'm ready. I am happy to be back, and I'm ready to talk about some FSU football. Bro, that happens to me, too, and I, I feel a little, like, borderline crazy, somewhat ungrateful when I get like that, but sometimes you literally just need a break from being on the go. You got to get home, need a day or two to veg out and do your thing. But let's talk about Greedy Vance. If you guys are not familiar, it was announced today that Greedy Vance, I, I literally don't know his given first name. There is one, but anyway. It's Jamie. Is, Jamie, sorry, Jamie Greedy Vance is going to transfer from the Louisville Cardinals over to the Florida State Seminoles. He is currently a freshman. 
They have him listed at 5'10", 155 pounds. Drake did some digging, and apparently he he weighed in at 173, 172, something like that when he visited with the staff. So he's put on a little bit of size, although probably needs to put on a bit more. And I, Drake, I'm going to let you talk about him because I think you did a little more research on him. But what did you find out? What did you see? And what do you think about this transfer? So to me, this is someone that we kind of look at where like it's not the sexiest name, but it's kind of a necessary name. Uh, there's it's a lot of like name. it was well, a dope ass name. It got greedy vans. I mean, the last greedy cornerback I heard was greedy Williams and he was an LSU's team two years ago. And it was a great corner. So but it's not the sexiest name to come from the transfer portal, but it's probably necessary because I have a feeling that Jamie Robinson might not be returning next year. So this is kind of like an essential piece for that. He plays. All the spots, like a nickel corner, starting boundary corner. He also plays, could possibly play some safety. He also, he wasn't a, the primary starter entering the year, but then Louisville did lose their number one DB in Keltrell Clark, and he did end up having nine tackles in their last four games, and he was number three on their team with past breakups. And if you ask, like, probably if you ask Jacob Lane over at State of Louisville, if you ask Dalton Pence on Lockdown Louisville as well, like, he's actually a big deal to lose because he... He's a solid player. He's a little bit younger. I know the PFF grade, you probably will talk about that a little bit more, isn't super sexy. But for those of you that know, when we talked about Louisville in our Know Your Foe series, their defensive line is poor. And when your defensive line is pretty bad, your cornerbacks and your secondary is going to suffer because they're kind of left out on island very long. And that's kind of what happened with a lot of Louisville's secondary this game. And also, it's what happened with Air Force Louisville if you watch the bowl game that happened today. Yeah, who ended up winning that? I had to, uh, I had to Air Force. Away. Oh, did Air they? Force. Air Force threw for 252 yards. Air Force is a service academy that threw for over 250 yards. Anyway, uh, yeah, Drake, I think you're about right, man. I look at his PFF grades. Y'all know I love me some pro football focus. And I'm comparing Greedy Vance to another Louisville cornerback, Chandler Jones. As you mentioned, Cottrell Clark went down. He was their best corner by far. Um, Greedy Vance graded out as a defensive player at 55.3. Not great in the run defense department. Not great in the coverage department at 58.5, but that's about what Chandler Jones did too, right? Chandler Jones, the other Louisville cornerback, 58.7 in defense, 47.8 in run defense, 60.8 in pass defense, about two points better than Greedy in every single category and still pretty poor. So what does that tell me? Well, that tells me that Chandler Jones, a junior, was probably a little bit better at the cornerback position than Greedy Vance. And they both performed pretty poorly, which gives a lot of credence to what you were saying, Drake, about it probably comes down to the fact that their D-line couldn't hit water if they fell out of a boat when it comes to getting to the quarterback. And look, I don't know how many of y'all have played defense in high school or college. I never really played much coverage in, when I was playing football, it just wasn't a position I played. So if I'm wrong, please tell me. But it's just really hard to cover a receiver for very long, especially when you start to get to the good level, the great level, and even harder at the elite level. Receivers get really good at getting open. So if a quarterback has five or six seconds to throw, yeah, your numbers are going to look piss poor. It doesn't change the fact that, I, Drake, like we talked about before, I'm not super excited about this guy as a player. I mean, the ratings are what the ratings are. I think he's pretty undersized. You talk about 5'10", 172. You know, Asante is probably the nearest comparison. He would have had, you know, 12, 15 pounds on this kid. I need to see him put on at least 10, 15 pounds. And I think who better to do that, I guess, than Coach Storms. Um, and I also just, 
I don't know. I'm just, I'm not that excited about him as a player. I'll leave it at that. What I am excited about is you always need depth at the DB position. We always need more cornerbacks, right? Like it's just a position that we will always need to be able to have someone to go spell someone to add a depth piece. Someone's going to get hurt, et cetera, et cetera. And for that reason, I'm glad the staff was able to go grab a guy that has experience at the collegiate ranks, has played power five football and is probably better than any high schooler you're going to bring in past early signing day. So I don't know, Drake, do you agree? I think overall it's a, it's a net positive for a pickup. Yeah, it's a death piece. I'm not just going to sit here and tell you there's going to be a, uh, yeah. what's like a generic winner or he's going to be the top corner in the conference, but you definitely need something. You need someone like to come in, especially when you hear rumors of there's going to probably be a lot more kids transferring out, whether it be in the live backing core, whether also it would be in the defensive back core. And also, for those of you to remember, Jadaris Green McKnight, who is a safety, is now converted to linebacker. So we kind of need the pieces out there because we like to play with like you know, five, six DBs out there. And every DB, they need to get spilled off. They get gassed out. We saw, like I think it was a, the Louisville game, actually, was Jacquez McClellan's first game. And he had to go out there because Renato Green and Sidney Williams were both hurt. So this is yeah. something that definitely is, it's a very important death piece. And I, I'm not stoked about it, but I think it's a necessary He's a necessary kid for what we want to implement moving forward going into next year defensively. Yeah, look, I, to me, he's very comparable to when we picked up Bam Knight last year. Not someone I'm going to do cartwheels about, but not someone that I'm like, oh my gosh, why did we waste a spot on him? Because remember, we also get seven additional spots ahead of, uh, sorry, above our 25 of just transfers. So, but yeah, next to what I want to do, Drake, is you saw on yesterday's show, for those of you that didn't see, go check it out. I've now mastered this. So I'll put it right here. I, uh, it's cool. I figured out, I figured out cards. So anyway, I, uh, I looked at like how much has Norvell improved the team from 2020 to 2021 statistically using advanced stats from footballoutsiders.com. And what I want to do is use that same improvement to project where this team, if it improved at the same rate would be at the end of next season. And then I want to ask the question, okay, if we get to this rank in all these statistical categories, where, how many wins do you need to see to guarantee this staff is coming back? But before I do that, guys, if you need to flip your roster the way this staff is flipping their roster, well, start in the kitchen, all right? Maybe you look in your pantry and you just don't have the snacks to take you to the level you want to be at, right? And those are the depth pieces, right? It's not, it's not the meals you make. Everyone can make great meals. It's what are you grabbing when you need a little a little walk around the house break. What are you grabbing after your workout when you don't have time to cook a meal? And I would strongly encourage you to make that depth piece, that rotational corner, Bilt Bar. Because Bilt Bar has 17 grams of protein, five grams of sugar, five grams of carbs, which is an incredible ratio. And trust me, I'm a guy that knows something about an incredible ratio. It does everything you need it to do. It tastes like a candy bar. It performs like a protein bar. And you can, it's, it's your ultimate gadget player, right? So go to builtbar.com and use promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off your order, which I don't know why they're giving that to you because I would pay full price every day of the week, but they're kind, they're generous. It's the Christmas holiday season. So use promo code LOCK15 at builtbar.com and get yourself a delicious, nutritious pack of Built Bars. And then maybe shoot your family like a judgmental glance for not already including a whole box of them inside your stocking. Because if they didn't do that, you got to ask, do they really love you? BuiltBar.com, promo code LOCKED15. 
Are we causing fights at dinner tables out here? Uh, <laughs> oh, man. All right, folks, as promised, I want to dive straight into this thing. Um, Drake, you ready, to, you ready to project some stats for next year and then um, and then talk about what we need to see from the team to do that? Sure. Cool. All right, guys. So again, if you haven't watched my episode from yesterday, make sure you check it out. I did. I ran through what all of this stuff means, but the numbers we're going to focus on today are such. This is the FEI or the F plus, I'm sorry, overall ranking of Florida State. This year, we finished at 48th in the country. If we improved 49% over 48th, which is what we improved last year to this year, we would finish next year at 25th. I'll make that a calculation. So for your viewing pleasure, folks, I like to format these things for you. Offensively, if we improve by 37% this year to next year, which is what we did the year before, we'd be 33rd in the country. Defensively, we would have the 14th best defense in the country if we improved at the same rate that we improved from 2020 to 2021. We would finish 2022 with the 14th best defense in the country, probably the most exciting number on here. Our overall FEI, which is Femoral Efficiency Index, that's again, more about efficiency and line yards and how well did you do relative to what you should have done, et cetera. We'd be 20th in the country. And then SP plus, which is more about just how well did you execute and how good are you at the raw act of playing football? We had finished at 28th. Now, Drake, I look at these numbers. and I think, man, that'd be pretty good, right? 25th overall, 25th, 20th, or 28th overall, depending on which index you look at. 33rd ranked offense, 14th ranked defense. Yeah, that sounds pretty good when I think about Willie Taggart's first year at 97th on offense and 44th on defense, or Norvell's first year of 83rd on offense, 100th on defense. But then I I let my eyes come up here to Jimbo, and I, I remember that, hey, end of 2022, that will be five years removed from us finishing the year, a year in which, by the way, Jimbo completely checked out, according to everyone, and didn't even coach the last three games. And we still finished 15th overall in the country with a 46th ranked offense, albeit with James Blackman as a true freshman as our starter and the eighth ranked defense nationally. I hate to channel my inner Dave here, dude, but I have to ask, like, can this staff afford, in your opinion, to only improve next year at the same rate at which they improved from last year to this year? Or will we all look at that and go, look, 48th to 25th overall is great, but that's not good enough. Ah, see, this is why I'm not, I don't get too deep in these numbers. I don't know how that's going to translate to wins, but if you'd give me, I'm going to treat kind of like how like you're top 25, that's a top 25 team. And to me, typically, if you're a top 25 team, you have seven to eight wins. So kind of, I think they're right at the edge of that, right? So to me, that's kind of like, I think they're able to do this with that sort of, you know, that increase, whether it be, offensively and defensively i think they can it's just i'm in the camp i know you didn't discuss yesterday i don't think we're going to see that same sort of increase especially when it comes to defense and Agreed. i i say that primarily because so the defensive rank it actually only for woolly from 2018 and 2019 it dropped from 44 to 50 which actually isn't that big of a drop now do you remember what's the main difference between 2018 woolly and 2019 woolly 2018 woolly taggart had 
first round pick Brian Burns, a mm. defensive end monster that was able actually probably is the main reason why our defense was, was actually decent that year. So then I looked to Norvell from 2020, 2021 this year. We had not only um, Jermaine Johnson, we also had Kier Thomas and we also had a fully healthy Fabian Lovett and also a Robert Cooper that was fully, fully engaged. So to me, you're not going to see a jump actually at all, probably next year, which is kind of my primary concern because we, he's not going to have that kind of that war chest full of a defensive pieces along the defensive front. And that to me is going to be something we're going to really look forward to for next year. And to me, I wouldn't be surprised if we see our 2021 number drop to something in between, maybe between what we see now and probably in the 60s. So I'm glad you pointed that out, but I will say, I think that that is the one spot, right? Because you look, he went from hundredth to 38th, Next year would project to be at 14th if he had the same level of improvement, but he could afford to not improve as substantially in this category, right? He, if we have a top 25 defense next, really a top 35 defense next year, we could win a lot of games. And I do want to point out too, and this kind of will come off as me talking out both sides of my mouth, but it's more of a disclaimer. Remember folks, numbers aren't everything. This Jimbo team in 2017 finished ranked 15th overall but that's also the team that had to pay. Who was it? Southern, not Southern Miss. So we played the bowl. Delaware State. But had to have Delaware State like come down at the last second to reschedule a game so we could become bowl eligible. And even after the bowl game, they won a total of seven games. So it's not like, not like these numbers are all knowing and you know omnipotent and just. Oh yeah, no, I, I'm I'm not saying I'm just trying to like put the context with. I'm with. I'm not. Yeah. yeah, I'm just letting. I'm just reminding everyone to, of yeah. what they're looking at. Because I look at this and it's like, I think I think the way I look at it is like, what number in this win column, right? If that's an eight, we have eight wins. And we say, okay, um, is that, like if we're sitting here talking about an eight win team and I read these numbers off, is that going to be enough for people to go, okay, you know what? Yeah, eight wins, we improved. Didn't like having four losses, but at least we're getting better and we're headed in the right direction. Whereas I think six losses with this number and we're six and six, you're going to look at these and go, yeah, okay, statistically we improved, but we now have three seasons where we've won a total of 14 games and it's just not good enough. Let's see if someone else can make a jump. Um, so yeah, and then I'm going to do some nerdy math, right? At that point going, okay, here was Willie's regression from Jimbo to Willie's year one. Here was Norvell's regression. Is it worth that? That's, you know, a commensurate regression to get a bigger jump, blah, blah, blah. Y'all don't need to worry yourselves with that. So Drake, now I want to go through the schedule. And I want to look at um, actually how we think in this way too early prediction, right? As we sit here on December 28th, as we're talking December 29th, as our audience is listening. And what do we think our expected wins are right now? And then what do we think happens to the staff with this total? So I'm going to stop that share. I'm going to bring it back to our beautiful faces. If you're not watching on YouTube, you're missing out, but we still love you for listening to us. And I'm going to tell the folks real quick about betonline.ag, the only place y'all should be laying your bowl game action. It's bowl season. You're at home. You love being with your family, but let's be honest, it's not the most exciting thing to do. Now, a couple of ways you can spice it up. First, go to the movie theater. A lot of great movies out. I went for the first time since COVID last night. Well worth the experience. Two, I don't know, get a workout in. But number three is going to betonline.ag. They have all the lines. They've got all the odds. They've got all the props. And put some action on these bowl games, this amazing slate of bowl games that has 
flowing across your TV screens every single day and make it just that that much more exciting. So betonline.ag. And when you're there, promise me, promise me you'll use promo code locked on when you sign up because then you'll get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Betonline.ag, promo code locked on. All right, folks. So now we're going to go through and we're going to do a way too early expected outcome of next season and see going game by game. Because look, we all talk about how easy it is as analysts or commentators or content creators or whatever you want to call us. And especially as fans, because we are fans first to say, oh yeah, I think eight wins next year sounds reasonable. But then when you go through game by game, you can end up with a very different result. And that's what we're going to do. So Drake, um, how do you want to do this for the people? Do you want to do the regular version or the nerd version? And the regular version is where we just say, do we think we'll win that one or lose that one? The nerd version is where we give a percentage chance that we could of how likely we think we are to win that game. And then I run the numbers and we see like, how many wins does that get us to? Cool. Nerd version. Let's do it. I'm about to say, I'm not editing this. We can go to the nerd <laughs> Duquesne Dukes. That is who we opened the season with, which by the way, Drake, back me up here in front of the audience. How many times have I said, like, this is how you should play big games? Open with a cupcake and then go play the big out-of-conference game. Like, don't start. I don't think think I've ever heard you say that. I say it all the time. It's all over our show. That's literally all. That's literally the all. He says that. I think that's probably death, taxes, and maximally believing that we should open up against the FCS opponent all the time. Yeah, all because it's like, because now at least we get more. Unless Jacksonville State, though. Not them. No one from the state of Alabama or Mississippi. Um, all right, so Duquesne, where where are you putting these guys at? Eighty percent. Holy cow! Okay, well, no, that, no, that game last year scarred me. I'm never giving my ninety percent or above. I'm gonna do ninety five percent though. Um, LSU. Oh man, Chip Kelly and the fighting LSU's. What, what do you think it says about him as a coach that um, none of his staff went with him? Do you think that was all of them kind of hoping they would make the playoffs and like putting their eggs in that basket, or do you think no one wants to work with that guy? I think it's also that like Tommy Reese didn't leave. Marcus Freeman got the head coaching job. I mean, and, and we all knew Marcus Freeman probably was eventually going to be the head coach at Notre Dame. And quite frankly, I think that at LSU, you can afford better staff players. I mean, if we're being completely honest here. That's true too. How many of them was he really fighting to bring, I guess, is also part that, of it. That's, I mean, look at Jimbo Fisher when he left here. Who did he bring? Nobody. Yeah. Well, and that's how we knew Jimbo quit, right? Like that, yep. that was actually, besides the recruiting class, that was the thing that I screamed at the top of my lungs till my voice was hoarse. was like, it should tell you that he took no one with him. Like, he clearly thought so little of this staff. And he never, he would, it, all right, we're not going to get worked up about that. What are you doing with LSU? Uh, give me 40. Okay. Um, honestly, this is a coin flip to me, 50-50, because I, yeah. I don't think their roster is any good. I, I think it's like such a talking point of like, oh, LSU is always talented. To me, their roster is so much like our roster was in 2016, where it's like, yeah, there probably is like highly rated recruits on that roster, but I've watched them play football, and I don't think that roster has a lot of talent on it. Um, Anyway, ULL, University of Louisiana Lafayette, the raging Billy Napiers. 65. I dig that. Um, I'm going to be honest, man. I think this is the type of game where if we're one and one going into this, and the team culturally is where we think they should be. It's going to be like a like a mass UMass this year. This is just a team you should beat like they owe you money or in just there's no reason to lose this game. Like Billy Napier, what he did was cute, but we all know that that was not we all know. 
we all believe that that was a bit, um, you know, it, it wasn't as impressive as like his 11 win records made it look right. Like the Sun Belt is not that. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, he's a good coach, but it's not the strongest conference. You can think. It's not like Mike as much as, you know, as Mike never leaving from the American to AC. It's the right. Sun Belt. Yeah, it's just a different echelon of football, and it, that team's not going to sustain after he leaves. I don't think. And I think he, he didn't. I think he lose most out of his talent. That, and I think they lose starting quarterback too, which is a big thing too, especially in a group of five uh, conference. Gosh, sorry guys, I just got the alert. Harry Reid died too, so now we got John Madden and Harry Reid both today. Unreal. Um, all right, UF. What do you call this one? It's at home, right? It is at home. Give me 35. All right. Um, yeah, I'll call it 40. All right, speed round. Boston College. 65. Actually, no, it gave me 69. <laughs> nice. Uh, yeah, I mean, we should beat this Boston College team next year. They're, they're, you know how Boston College goes. They like, they take five years to build up under someone and then they kind of like finally, you know, get decent for a year and then like people leave and it's just okay. Cool. I mean, they they brought back Phil Dracovic and Zay Flowers, but they're also losing a majority of, the, of their offensive line, which is a strength with the team. And also it's at home, so we don't have to worry about the cold, you know, like weather being yeah, a factor. I'm going to so. bump that one to 75. I mean, th- that was also a game this year. We And go watch our episode about that. Like, if it weren't for the refs, that wouldn't have been that close of a game. Like, we just were, we were substantially better than that team. Um, I just don't think they're very good. All right, Clemson. Uh, oh, gosh. I think Clemson is, as much as this hurts me to say, I think they are due for a bit of a rebound next year. Um, I think people have really looked at that fall and look, it was fun to watch this year, but statistically they weren't that bad. And record wise, I think they lost what four games, three games, four games. And they were like, I gotta look this up. Um, but they were by like a combined, I don't even know, like 21 points or something. Yeah. They lost this. They lost by seven to UGA the first game. They lost in OT, I think, by six to NC State. No, sorry, by three to yeah, NC State. Seven. And then they lost to Pitt by... Actually, lost to Pitt by, Pitt by, I think, by like 10 or something. They lost by 10 to Pitt. Yeah. So that's the other thing is they had 10 lost... So 10 plus six is 16 plus seven is what? 20. 23. Yeah, they, they lost three games by a combined 23 points, which I... Can I just say, like, they have three losses. Two of those are New Year's six teams. They allow They held Georgia to the least points of I believe any team on Georgia's schedule and they're like unranked right now or they're 19th and you're like come on and yeah we're acting like we're acting like freaking Ole Miss is the second coming of I don't even know what because they've never like they've never been that good before when they're anyway whatever all right this isn't a max rant there but I, I think they're due for a big bounce back because the reality is they were a three loss team this year which if they were Alabama and they had those same three losses against two New Year's 16 or a New Year's six and a playoff team and one just random shitty loss to NC State who also without a bowl game cancellation is a 10 win team this year we're talking about could Bama make the playoff as a three loss team so all that aside um I, I, I'm, I'm giving us like a 20% chance to win this next year. Uh, I, I just, I don't, I don't see, this was our year to get Clemson in my opinion. So what do you mean 55? I don't think Clemson's good anymore. I don't think you can survive losing Brent Venables and Tony Elliott and the Georgia game. Georgia was without three starting offensive linemen, two starting defensive linemen, losing two starting wide receivers and a starting tight end. And they still 
couldn't do anything against them. So to me, that's that's fair. And if you watch every game this year, I don't know what's up with DJ. Maybe the kid's not good. I think it can be. Apparently, if we say this is again, he's not. And then Dabble's calling call the majority of the plays. Dab, we saw what happened when Dabble called the majority of the plays in 2010 and 09 and also in 11. He's not good at it. I hope you're right. I do. I genuinely hope you're right. I just, I don't, I don't think DJ's going to start. I think it's going to be the kid with the Egyptian last name or. Um, he's transferring out. Is he really? Fomachan, yeah. fair, 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 whatever. Fomachan, like that. Fomachan, yeah. yeah, I think so. Uh, but they also have like what the number one rated quarterback coming in this year too. So he could, you know, Glubnik. Yeah, Kate Glubnik. Um, he could also be a Trevor Lawrence. So uh, I hope you're right. I hope I'm wrong, but I just don't feel confident about that one. All right, Georgia Tech. Ninety-nine point nine percent. All right, cool. Uh, yeah, no, same boat. That team. That, that team's just bad. Um, right. Yeah. I'm not going to do 99 because, I mean, I do think there's a chance depending okay, yeah. on when the game is. Let's, let's, do, let's do 89% then. How about that? Yeah, I was I was going to put mine right at 90, but I'll give you 89. Because we're not agree. I mean, you can yours can be whatever you want. We don't have to agree on this. Wake Forest. Uh, oh, yeah, dude. I'm. You know me. I'm the guy that roots for, like, I love Cobra Kai because you finally get to root for the bad guy. Um, I This Wake Forest team, like, good for them. I am glad they had a great season, but I, I just... The clock struck midnight. The 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 care just turned into a pumpkin. And next year we're going to see why it's important to recruit well every year because when your entire team can't rent cars, you're not going to be very good at football if that's what you're relying on. So I I, I think this is like an eighty five percent chance we beat this Wake Forest team. I give a seventy mainly because their defense is pretty bad. Uh, Jacor Roberson, their best wide receiver, I think, just to clear for the draft today. Sam Hartman is still there. I think Sam Hartman's a very good QB. Like me, you and I are both fans of him since his QB one days. But I do think the defense is he's still wait, he's still gonna bad. be there next year? Yep. Wasn't he on QB one with uh Justin Fields? Like yep. same season? Yep. Justin Fields will be what, his second or third year in the league, and <laughs> Sam Hartman's still playing at Wake Forest. <laughs> yes, sir. Hey, listen, man. The man's hey, got hey. heart. He does. He's the heart man, some would say. All right. Um U of L, I, I actually think Louisville is going to improve immensely next year. Um, I think Malik Cunningham is not Lamar Jackson, but I think he's a very good player. Um, I think he has the most combined, like, I, I don't know. I saw it in the bowl game today. I think he's got the most combined yards of any quarterback or something, or like ratio of rushing yards to pass. I don't know, something with rushing and passing yards. But um, I think this one is probably like a. F- 45, 50, it's kind of a coin flip. Um, I don't know. What do you, you, you say what you think. And then I'm, I'm legitimately at a coin flip. I think this is the only game where like, because the Louisville team I saw today on TV, they're awful. Their wide receivers can't get any separation. Sounds familiar. Willie Cunningham was relying on too much to do everything. That sounds familiar. Their defense isn't good. And no offense, if you allow 252 yards to a service academy team that throws the ball only 11 times to be fair it, eight is, completions. it is the air force so like if any service academy team is gonna 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 put the ball in the air I'm just saying it's embarrassing max that's just that's that that's just the crux <laughs> of it um but yeah i like Malik. i like Malik cunningham a lot he's shown, shown it much much improvement as a passer as a qb he's he might be a dark horse hasn't found um candidate going into next year i might put odds on that but I just don't believe in Scott Satterfield to be a good coach. I mean, we thought they were going to be very good after they beat us behind the whoosh at that one game. They end up six and seven. So to me, this is a coin flip game. This might be the team where we're like, wow, like the Spider-Man meme where we're just pointing at each other. 
I'm gonna give us 40 because I just that game wasn't that close last year. I was glad the defense improved, but they beat us pretty good. And I just I don't think we're gaining enough, and I don't think they're losing enough for me to, you know what I mean, just in my own head, justify like the outcome will be much different. So 50 and 40, though, it's pretty much the same. Uh UM, where you at on this one? Mario Cristobal comes to town. Um nah, it's in Miami. It's in Miami. Well, I meant he comes like he's in he's uh. in Miami now. Like he's now coaching there. I would honestly probably give us a. I hate Tyler Van Dyke is really, really damn good. Yeah. I would probably give us 45%. I think like that's it's a rivalry game. I think you can kind of do that close, but I think Tyler Van Dyke is going to be a good QB. I really do want to see like how they replace Charleston Rambo, actually, because he did graduate. He is going to the NFL, so they might do a portal option. They might be looking over at some of the options right now, like a Taj Harris. That might be one. Maybe Xavier Restrepo takes the next step for them, but I. To me, it's a coin It might come down to honestly defense. This might be the ugliest game we play all year. Yeah, I dig that. I gave us forty percent just because um, I think that I gave us forty percent against UF, and I think that these two we probably have an equal chance of beating each one next year, um, right? So that gives us what a combined probability of sixteen percent of winning both of them. Yeah, so I don't like that. I think our I think I think there's a better chance we beat both of them than 16%. So I'm going to bump them both to 45. Which gives us a 20. I that sounds right to me. A 20% chance we beat both of them. I think that's I think that's on. So I'll give us a 45% chance on both on each. Um NC State, I oh gosh, they're they're set up just to fall off a cliff, huh? Yeah, like seventy five percent. I like I think they lose every they lose Devin Leary, right? Zonovan Knight's yeah. also gone. And I, and I love our NC State boys, Evan. You know you're my my dude, but I can't. That fan base is so much fun to watch when they when they have like one good year, you know, like under Mike Glennon, then they just crater the next year. Um, the collective met, meltdown is fun. Um, I'm doing a point eight on that one. Q's, uh, we we probably can't do a hundred, but what do you think, like ninety five? I'll go. I'll just go eighty nine again. Eighty nine. I'm gonna go ninety five with that one. Um, that team's good. Yeah, be that team just. Yeah, just Dino got Bob himself an extra year. We'll see how he forms with that. Especially, I think with Tony was it uh, Tommy DeVito's gone. Garrett Schrader, I think, is also gone. So we'll see what he does with actually with no quarterback, which I don't think is going to be a good time for him. All right, so I'm gonna run. I'm gonna run through this uh, speed round real quick. And you tell me if any of these, if, if you want to change any of these before I lock it in. So folks, what we're doing here is giving the percentage chance that we beat the, the, the team I name and then the percentage. So Drake, here's what I've got for you. Duquesne, 80%. LSU, 40%. Louisiana Lafayette, 65%. UF, 35%. Boston College, 69 Nice. Nice. Clemson, 55 Georgia Tech, 89 Wake, 70 U of L, 50 UM 45, NC State 75, and Q's 89. Yep. Sounds about right. Lock in there. Okay, good deal. Uh, so for me, so for you, that gives you an expected win, uh, or sorry, expected record, do it that way for these people, of 7.62 and 4.38. So about, you know, seven and five eight and four kind of in there leaning towards eight and four more so. Yeah. Um, mine was, I had one I wanted to change. Yeah. That's the one I want to change. Okay. 
so I've got us at 8.02 and uh, whatever that is, 3.98. So let's just answer the question for the folks before we let them get out of here. If we finish next year with a seven and five record and we are statistically where we said at the beginning of the show, 25th F, F plus overall with a top 35 offense in a top 20 defense, do you let Mike Norvell and co let me ask it two ways. One, do you let Mike Norvell come back the next year? Given like, you know what I'm trying to ask. Do you let Mike Norvell come back the next year? Full carte blanche. He comes back with everyone he wants, or is it like, Hey, he gets to come back, but this is a Gene Chizik, Chip Kelly type year. where like, you've got to make a major overhaul for us to even let you come back for that fourth year. Yeah. Part of me with some of these pictures kind of like, I'm kind of expecting certain changes to happen actually within the next few weeks. Um, if he doesn't, I probably might adjust some of my, my, um, percentages right there. If it happens seven and five, I'm probably gonna sit him down like, Hey Mike, you're kind of fine, but there are definitely people on the staff. And I think, you know, folks who I'm exactly pointing to, there's three or four people I can assure you, I think should not be here after next season. He's going to have to cut ties with it because if he cares about his job and staying here, he needs to, he needs to cut the bait with some, uh, trim the fat with some of these people that are not helping, helping out his cause or improving the program as a whole. So to me, that's. Yeah, bottom line, seven and five, you need to cut some bait. Eight and four, eight and four, you might have a discussion, but seven and five definitely need to make changes. And six and six, if it's six and six, which some reason, some bad, deep, deep part of me believes six and six might be the most likely outcome, he might go into next the year after as a lame duck head coach. So, yeah, I, I think that's about right. To me, I'm a little more optimistic about eight. If he wins eight, I think it's like, hey, keep it going, see what you can do next year. Um, and, and yeah, I think that if he wins seven, it's like, we're going to need to see some proof that you're willing to make changes. I, I think six, he's gone. I don't think six keeps him around. I mean, frankly, you just embarrass the program on national, on the national stage by whiffing on Travis Hunter. The more I reflect on it, the less I hate Dion, the less I blame Mike. I literally don't like, don't take this as Max blames Mike Norvell for something outside of his control. It is not his fault. Travis Hunter flipped to Jackson state. But to me, it doesn't change the fact that it was like we have been in the national media twice in the past year, once for almost beating Notre Dame, which was good. And now for this. And it was just embarrassing. Right. Everyone references it. Everyone talks about it. Like even our own podcast on Locked On Network, it's just there's like 12 pods out there that have mentioned it, have found ways to mention it over and over again on their shows because it's national news. And it's like, guys, yeah. You, you just you're not looking good right now as a unit, and six wins is really not going to be looking good as a unit. I will say that Travis Hunter thing. I don't blame him. That's just some. That's it's a once. It's, it's not even once. It's going to probably happen a lot more. But that's the first unprecedented. So I'm not going to blame him for that. I'm going to blame him for the recruiting class, all the whoops that we had that day. There's a lot of people that he didn't. We're not have a closed door. And if you look at every visitor we had for the Miami game, the Miami game that we won, all seven of them didn't commit to our school. And that to me is more the problem with Mike Norvell with recruiting because you can bitch and moan about how the team has no talent. If he can't reel the talent, and if he can't get his own guys in here, then maybe he's not the guy for the job. So to me, that's kind of like where I'm sitting at with that. Yeah, man, totally agree. So guys, I hope you all enjoyed the content. If you did, make sure that you like this video. Make sure that you subscribe to the show on YouTube. Make sure that you are following the podcast so you are either getting it to the top of your queue every day or for when you're just on the go. You've got us there with you. I hope you all are having a wonderful Christmas to New Year's week. I know I certainly am. Thanks for stopping by. That was Drake at Tally underscore underscore Drake on Twitter. I'm Max at Max Moody 17 on Twitter. And this... 
was Locked On Seminoles. Take care, everybody, and Happy New Year.